just went through some pretty crazy rush hour traffic but um yeah my day has been great it's been a very busy season just with all of the uh music related things so I literally came from recording just now um so it's been a super fun day but a super busy day which is kind of the best it's kind of the best kind is it so where are you at are you in Nashville I am in Nashville where are you traffic's a nightmare at this right now i'm in northeastern iowa kind of like in the corner where iowa meets wisconsin and minnesota okay okay so, gotcha right there in the corner so but i've i've lived in nashville a couple of times once in smyrna and once in brentwood so, yeah so okay. i'm familiar with nashville traffic <laughs> yes oh my gosh it's crazy i live currently in the donaldson area sort of by the airport so okay. east Going east from the city is one of the worst directions in rush hour. It's just always yeah. crazy. It's crazy. The whole thing. Uh, I have a friend who lives. We I have a house in Florida too, and she does too. And so we go back and forth a lot. And she calls yeah. it crash Crashville. She'll say, "I'm yeah. in Crashville." <laughs> oh my gosh, it's sad, but it's true. You have to remember that. That's what she started calling Nashville. Is Crashville. Yeah. I'm like, oh. no, it's it's sad, but it's true. A lot of times, I. I like Nashville, but I will skip Nashville and come 75 up through Knoxville just because it's easier. Right. Or, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. No, you can Nashville. always, Nashville's one of those places you can always tell when there's been any sort of little accident, like even just a little, you know, fender bender or whatever, because traffic is just horrible for miles. I'm, it always makes me curious because people say that like Atlanta traffic is worse. And I'm like, right. I don't know. Like, is that possible? Probably, but I don't know if I believe it. I don't know. I, I lived in Atlanta for um, years south of Atlanta, and I don't think that Atlanta traffic is bad. As a matter of fact, I don't think Atlanta is not even one of the worst towns to drive in because they have 16 lanes, eight going and eight coming through. And then you have, you know, the bypass, which goes around. So if you're not right. trying to go through downtown, you know, you yeah. can just take the bypass, which the bypass is busy too, but it pretty much keeps moving. But Nashville yeah. is one of my worst towns to drive in. And oddly enough, Cincinnati, Ohio is one of my worst towns really? to drive in. Yeah, I hate it. Wow. Okay. It doesn't so make I'm, sense to me. <laughs> I'm so curious because it sounds like you have been everywhere. Like you've, everywhere. You, you just are so familiar with so many cities yeah. and states. That's actually true. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, so I've you've, been everywhere. You've moved a lot in your life. I have. Yeah. And, and traveled a lot. I've moved a lot, but I've traveled a lot. So, okay. and, and had family and houses in different places, but yeah, gotcha. I never minded Atlanta. I hear people say that, but uh, no, Nashville's definitely worse than Atlanta simply because it's not as big. My, of course, I'm not a road engineer, but my opinion of Nashville is that it was never intended to be as big as it has gotten. Uh, they built the roads when they built the roads, they built them for a much smaller town. And so yeah. now they're having to go back and try to fix that. And that's why, like, if you're coming through Nashville from the north and going to Florida, you have to really watch because you got to exit here and then all, and then make sure you get in that left lane because your next exit is going to be like to the left. 
yeah. and then make sure you're going to exit and you have to exit like six times. Totally. Totally. Whereas if you come up through Knoxville, you're just sticking it on 75. That's yeah, it. exactly. I definitely agree with that. I think it's true that Nashville yeah. wasn't really prepared to be as big as it has gotten. And that's why, right. because, you know, that makes sense to me. If Atlanta has like eight lanes of traffic each way, each way. that totally makes sense. Cause here we're dealing with much, much smaller interstates. And right. even the roads that are, you know, if you try to get off the interstate and sneak around in a back road, everybody knows those ways. <laughs> so right. it doesn't really help that much. Well, you got a bunch of stuff converging there too with 65, 24, and 40. Yeah. All right there in that town that they didn't pre, I don't think they anticipated Nashville. They absolutely anticipated Atlanta being a metropolis and they yeah. prepared for that road-wise. Right. They did not prepare for that. No. And crash in Nashville, it's been a shock for us all because I'm, I'm actually from here originally. So oh, even I was going to ask you. Yeah. Wow. So even within my lifetime, like the way that it has changed has just been so yes. crazy. Yeah, me I mean, too. I mean, I, yeah. Yeah. So, cause I um, grew up in the Ashland city area actually, which is a lesser known it's Northwest of town. Um, okay. And back then, I mean, it's pretty, Ashland city is pretty small, but even Ashland city has grown so much because the city's expanding so much. And so, I mean, it's wild to just see the places that you grew up in, you know, we're like, Oh wow, that building is gone. And now there's like a, a super tall apartment building in this place, you know, it's, there's so many different um, differences from whenever I was a little kid. Yeah. And it, it is crazy. And I grew up in South of Birmingham, Alabama in a County called Shelby County, which is a County okay. directly South. And okay. they have down there Pelham and then Hoover and then Alabaster and Calaris. Well, so Alabaster was like where all the kind of low income people live the waffle yeah. house there was it was the crack that's where they dealt drugs nobody went to that waffle house and it was just like yeah you know the wise investment would have been to buy up all that property and i hadn't been through there in i had been through there on the interstate but i had not exited off in years and that area has built up i know what you're saying alabaster calera i got lost i didn't know where i was yeah. at and said yeah. to my son how can i not know where i'm at i grew up here and yeah. I don't recognize any of this stuff. Yeah. Like this, what used to just be feels like there was no landmarks in my mind. Like the landmarks are when I was a teenager. Well, right. they're not there anymore. And so mm -hmm. I, I got lost in Shelby County, Alabama. I couldn't believe it, but I was. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's <laughs> like when you have to go from, you know, just saying like, oh, you, you turn by that tree and that little restaurant that's right there to actually needing to know the road names because nothing looks the same. <laughs> like, right. oh, it's crazy. I don't know any road names. <laughs> So you are in the studio. You said that you came from the studio. What? Tell, tell me about that. What's going yes. on there? So actually, okay. So um, lesser known fact, um, I actually also do um, studio sessions for hire. Um, so in addition to recording my own music, I'm also a studio session vocalist. Um, so today was actually not my own music. I, I love recording my own, but I also love um, to do lead vocals and background vocals for um, other artists and projects that are needing vocalists. So um, that was actually what I was working on today, which is super fun. Um, so really there's, a, there's, a, there's an organization called um, Seeds Family Worship, and they do um, scripture songs for kids. And I've been involved in the behind the scenes writing and recording process with them. And I'm actually, I've done some events with them as well. So that's what I was working on today, but it, it changes on any given day. Uh, right. What what aspect of, in the music industry I'm working on? So 
but that's really kind of neat. And that's exciting. So that's exciting. So your life is, it's kind of exciting then because you, it changes and you never know what you're going to be doing. Right. Exciting or incredibly busy. One or the other. <laughs> both. <laughs> both. Both. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that sounds like beautiful chaos. I like yeah. that. Oh, it so is like, that's, that's what I tell people. Like, you know, it's so funny because the music industry is so um, vast and like the amount of things that, um, you know, we try to accomplish as artists or writers or whatever it is that we're doing. Like, it's just so, there's so many different um, avenues that you can take in the mu music industry. And so, um, you know, what I, love to tell people is just watching the way the Lord has continued to bless my life by giving me fulfilling things to work on and opportunities. And, um, you know, I think sometimes people can be driven away from a career like this because it can be competitive. It can be, you know, filled with challenges, you know, to try to poke your head above the water, especially in Nashville when everyone is a musician. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so for me, it's just been so, fun and freeing and, and beautiful to just like enjoy the opportunities that come my way and to rest in that and not get into like a hustle culture mindset where you're constantly trying and trying and trying and competing and, and, um, you know, just trying to get ahead of the game more. So for me, it's just been like, wow, like the Lord has blessed me with, um, amazing things that I love to do. So that's, a, that's awesome. And it, Nashville's a tough one. It's easy to get swept up in that hustle there and you can feel it. Definitely. You can feel the hustle when you're there in the you competition. Can. Yeah. Right. It's, because it's, it's a music thick. city. It's, yeah. it's thick. It's in the atmosphere. Oh, yeah. it is. It is yeah. because yeah. it's a music city and everyone and their grandmother plays guitar and you know, right. everyone's looking for gigs and everyone's a writer, you know, it definitely can get into that. I mean, I think for me, like I've had to just recognize like um, you know, my own insecurities of like, we all, you know, when we get into this comparison headspace with yeah. other artists and other musicians, you know, it's just not healthy for us mentally. And so to find our contentment, um, you know, knowing that our identity is not wrapped up in what we do, but right. wrapped up in who we are, and then we get to just Amen. enjoy what we do. So that's been really great for me. I love that. Amen. Wrapped up in who we are and who we belong yeah. to. Right. Mm -hmm. Amen. And he, will, yeah. and he will open doors, you know, that the Bible says he can open doors that no man can shut. And he will, yeah. you know, my experiences. And if you let him and get out of his way, he will also shut doors that at the time, yeah. thinking, I can't believe you shut that door. I really wanted to walk through that door. And right. Later, later you're like, Oh, thanks for shutting that door. <laughs> exactly. Like we tend to get all bent out of shape about it. And be like, ah, oh, God, like, why did you do that? And in, re in reality, a lot of times it's his protection right. and his mercy. It is. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of, we always say uh, community, not competition. That's like mm -hmm. my mm -hmm. motto. And that's what I really want to see for Christian artists, community, not competition. I right? love I that. I want everybody to be in community. Yeah. And I would love to see more. And I hope that this podcast, one of my goal for the podcast, I don't, God has his own goals. I'm sure yeah. his are, is are better than mine, but my only goal for this podcast was to create a community among Christian musicians, because mm. I have seen among like indie country musicians, they're very community minded and very yeah. together. And I thought, man, I really want that for 
Christian musicians. I want some of that community yeah. more, more so than just, of course, you know, you have that top 1% third day yeah. and, and skillet and they all, you know, but yeah. then at that's 1%, there's a huge iceberg of Christian artists and musicians that are not yeah. in that top 1%. And I want us all to be connected. I want community. Um, and that was kind of why Absolutely. I started this. Uh, mm. And it's been the neatest experience. And I have met the most wonderful people that I wasn't expected to meet. It was like kind of like I knew in my head, hey, there's got to be a lot <clears> of really <throat> good Christian artists out there. Like yeah. I knew that. But yeah. then to actually see them and hear them, yeah. I've just been blown away. Wow. Like, Praise God. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. So how long have you been doing the podcast? Girl, like two months, like not (laughs) like I'm brand new. I have no idea what I'm doing. Never claimed you. I always tell people straight up. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh my gosh. You seem very, you, you do know what you're doing. Give yourself some credit. You do. I'm just in here. (laughs) (laughs) But isn't that so true of life though, that the Lord will just have us doing something that we're like, well, I kind of know what I'm doing, but the rest of it is just like, we're just going for it. (laughs) I had never even listened, still haven't. I've listened to a few of mine. I've never, I had never even listened to a podcast. I I had no idea what it was. And I recently, just yesterday decided podcast is like AM radio for today's generation. When I was a kid, our parents listened to AM radio and we hated it. All the talk radio. And now look at everybody listening to podcasts and that's what it is. So I started laughing. I'm like, this is the new AM radio. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's so right. true because now, you know, with everything being digital, you can find podcasts anywhere and everywhere. There's you know? so many. And I just had to go back listen. and listen. You don't have to wait for mm-hmm. it to, you know, to air again. Like it's just so different than radio and where it's more accessible. So right. Yeah, yeah, it is. And everybody with AM radio, you had to listen to kind of whatever your region was in this yeah. worldwide, anywhere, actually, right. anywhere people can listen. And so God kind of brought this on. This was his idea. And I'm just like, I'm here. I'm along for the ride like everybody else. Right. But he has really been incredibly faithful to open some good doors. And I know that this is going somewhere and gonna, and I, it has to now because I found so many wonderful people that it's not even yeah. about me. I'm like, oh, this has to go somewhere for, yeah. you know, A, B, C, D, and E. Like I want these people. Right. And I say to them, like, I hope you get a million clicks. And mm-hmm. I mean that, and it has nothing right. to do with me. And God knows I, I'm just like, I hope you get a million clicks. And I mean that because you deserve yeah. that. Like these people are so, I, God is sending people in here. I'm like, you're so deserving <laughs> of so humble yeah. and have so much talent. And I'm like blown away. So I'm like, God, now you have to do something with it. Cause yeah. you sent me all these incredible people, you know? Mm-hmm. So wow. that's so awesome. I love hearing that. I was wondering about your story and just kind of how you, got into it. And, and that's amazing to just hear the ways that he's been so faithful with your yes. That's awesome. Actually, there is no, the odd thing is it's a very small, it's not a backstory. It's a very small story where I was just, you know, I, when I would see the people in the indie country music artists, like, Uh um, like say Tyler Childers, who, you know, is from Eastern Kentucky and I've known for years and, and Chris Bentley, who is part of Sunday best. And, um, all these people and they, I would see them and I'm friends with all of these people. Mm-hmm. And so, and some of them friends with them in real life, but I see them on, on Facebook and I see them show up at each other's gigs. They show yeah. up at each other's gigs. They wear each other's merch. Yeah. They promote each other. And I think like, this is the coolest thing in the whole world. These folks yeah. love each other. They yeah. want to see each other succeed. And I would always just think, 
wouldn't that be really cool if if we if Christian indie artists could do that? Wouldn't that kind yeah. of be really cool? But I I it wasn't something I dwelt on. I just wouldn't right. think it passing. One Saturday morning I was sitting here at the table and the Holy Spirit kind of said, Why don't you start a podcast and get some Christian Christian indie yeah. artists and get some artists on? And I thought, Oh, really? Like I knew I heard that voice that I was yeah. supposed to do that. So you know what I did? I just kind of Googled up a couple Christian indie artists, sent out a Facebook message that said, thinking about starting this brand new podcast, mm. uh, you want to be on? And everybody just, it was an overwhelming yes. Wow. And I just thought, it, just in a matter of a day, I had me a podcast and I was like, is this wow. real life? Is this real life? <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. Hey, so they I, do- Maybe they all knew before you did that you were going to be a natural at it. I think that's what happened. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, wow, everybody. So then I'm like, okay, well, I guess that's what we're doing. I really did, don't know what I expected when I kind of put the feelers out. And so it just yeah. happened so fast, but I have had the the very best time. I mean, I'm just, and I, so, you know, wow. The way that God opens doors yeah. and those things. It's really incredible. That's so amazing. I love so to hear that. You, you grew up in Tennessee I did I'm a Tennessee gal and I actually this this comes with an amazing story of its own because let's hear it I I want it one that I actually don't remember fortunately or unfortunately but I was born on the side of the road on Briley Parkway in Nashville Tennessee so yes so my parents did not make it to the hospital in time because my mom's labor with me was super quick. So when I, you know, I love to tell that story because it's like, I'm not just like a Nashville girl. I am like a Nashville girl. I literally (laughs) cannot wait. I literally was born on the side of the road. And, um, that my dad's joke is always that I just couldn't, I couldn't wait to get out. (laughs) Couldn't wait to come into the world. Yeah, exactly. I was excited to be, um, a Nashville girly. So, so could you let's and let's give a shout out to uh Chandler Bing. Could you be any more Nashville? Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the, that's what I'm saying. Like I right. feel like you can't. You can't. Like You're can't. it. You are Miss Nashville. I yeah. I officially crown you Miss Nashville. Oh wow. Thank you so yeah. much. I, yeah. I'm aware like it proudly. <laughs> I love my city. I love Nashville. You know, people ask me sometimes, like, would you ever consider moving? And I'm like, well, like not really, <laughs> you know, like it's something I, I've never, it just feels like home, you know, and when somewhere feels like home and your community is here and music is here and you were born on one of the roads here, you know, it just makes it hard to leave. Yeah, you were born there. I, Nashville is probably my favorite town in the United States. And, really? And I've been, yeah. And I, if I was, and if I were rich, I would live there right now. And that's a fact. Yeah. It's a, yeah. <laughs> living in Nashville has gotten to be a real money thing. Oh you my know, gosh. For people. Tell me about right. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. So, the, the inflation here feels somehow more inflated than everyone else. <laughs> yeah. It, and it, I'm sure that it is. I'm positive yeah. that it is. It's crazy. But yeah, that's what, and somebody had said that recently. They were like, if you could live, if you, you know, where would you live? I'm like, well, if I can get a hold of a bunch of money, I'm going to go back to Nashville. That's what I was just yeah. kind of being funny, but I was half serious. Like, no, oh, if I can get a bunch of money dropped in my lap, I'm going back, back home to Nashville. It's, yeah. It's real. It is so it's real. real. It is. It's uh, it's crazy, but I mean, everything is, but that one is, is a little more inflated seems like, mm-hmm. but what a wonderful town. I've always, always enjoyed it because I love music. If you love music, best place to be. 
yeah and absolutely it's, and it's beautiful it's right there and I love Percy Priest Lake and I love mm -hmm. you know the river I love all of that so it's yeah. just a beautiful it's area it's so beautiful yeah me and my friends were were laughing today it's like you know the the Nashville young musician life it just looks the same for all of us we all have roommates we were we were laughing because yeah. they have their washer and dryer in their kitchen and I, that's the way ours is in our house. Like everything's all squishing everywhere. We have to have room for studio space. We have to have room for all of our instruments. It's it's so funny, but you know, it's that, there's a camaraderie there, you know? It's like, okay, well, we're all just out here trying to make it and seeing what happens, so. Oh my gosh. And that yeah. sounds like so much fun. That is, you will never ever forget those days. Not ever. Yeah. So that's fantastic. So you, your parents, were you raised in church? Were you raised a Christian? Tell me about yes. a little bit about your background, like your testimony. Yeah, I'd love to share some of my testimony. Um, yeah, so I, my parents are believers. Yes. Um, and it's kind of crazy because my mom grew up um, Church of Christ. And then my dad grew up um, as he was not a believer when he was young, but he encountered the Lord in high school and became a believer. And so it's so cool to see like the different pieces of that, that they carry, like, you know, of their stories and how that just trickles down. I, I feel super blessed to be a part of a Christian family. I actually have six siblings. Um, so there's seven of us total and um, they, yeah, they raised us all instilling that, that, faith in us. And I just feel, I feel super blessed to have that. Um, my parents yeah. are super supportive people and amazing role models. Um, just amazing people of God. And then for me, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was one of those things where like in childhood, I knew that Jesus was real. I knew that God was real. I knew that I wanted to know him. You know, I knew that I wanted to, uh, read scripture and worship and, it, it was definitely like a pull on my heart from the time that I was young. Um, and I even accepted the Lord to be my own savior when I was very young. Um, but obviously, you know, that, that means something different to a child than it does to an adult. Um, because, you know, you, you have to go through the process of kind of discovering your own faith and your own walk and your own journey. Um, you can't just adopt it from your family or adopt it from your parents, but, um, right. Yeah. So, so the Lord really led me on a journey of, um, finding him for myself. Um, when I was a young adult, probably I'd say between the ages of like 18 and like 22, I say was young adult. I still am a young adult, but <laughs> I'm 25 now. So I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna say anything. But. <laughs> yes. Well, I was thinking back, I was like, I mean, I guess I can't really say teenager cause it wasn't high school, but yeah, the, the window of time between like 18, 21, 22, um, whenever I was, yeah, I'd say probably like mostly when I was 19, I started going through just a really dark season of anxiety and depression and, um, just really having a lot of like doubts and questions about my faith. And, um, I think the way that the enemy kind of twisted my faith in my life was making me feel, um, like I had to earn the Lord's love. Like, I think a lot of people who are raised in the church, they kind of come to a point where they have to deal with like, okay, what's the true gospel? And like, where is my place in this truth? You know? And so right. for me, like for so long, I lived under this pressure of like performance. So like I have to perform and work and strive to earn the Lord's love. And I had a lot of, um, you know, like untrue beliefs about who God was, you know, feeling like he was disappointed in me. And that led to that and, and a bunch of 
really difficult life circumstances led to just really um, intense mental health battles and struggles in my life. And so I was, you know, it got to the point where it was just like hard to get up in the morning. It was every day. I felt like an uphill battle. I was just getting these, you know, tormenting thoughts in my mind all throughout the day. I would just, I felt like, like a shell of myself, you know, when you feel like you're going through something, I think sometimes for people it's, it's grief. Um, sometimes it can look like a, a variety of different things, but when you just know that you feel like to even present yourself to the world is already, you're like winning a huge war because, um, you feel like a shell of a, of a person. And so, so for a long time, uh, that's what I was dealing with. It was, it was daily, it was exhausting. Um, and so during that time, the Lord really was teaching me so much about, um, one, like my identity in him, but also like how to approach him in pain, you know, because sometimes I think, you know, we have just like a steady level of our faith when times are good. And when things are going well, we're like, yes, God, you're good. I trust you. But it really dives us into a deeper level of intimacy when we experience pain with God. And so um, in that time, he was really teaching me how to still turn to him when I felt like I had nothing left. I, I just remember a conscious thought in my mind. I was like, I I don't feel like choosing the Lord anymore. Like I don't, I like I had this distrust. I'm like, why am I going through this when I've all my life I've tried to be good enough, you know? Right. And so I just had this conscious thought of, you know, I have to choose. Like I'm either going to choose to, you know, go my own path and rebel or I'm going to choose that the Lord is going to reveal himself to me in this. And when I tell you he did, he did. <laughs> he so revealed himself in the midst of something that, you know, I couldn't change. Like I couldn't immediately change my circumstances. I couldn't immediately change my mental health. But to cling to learn how to cling to Jesus in that is so much of what drives me now in my life, because I know that there are so many people hurting and in pain um, that need to know that there is someone that loves them and there is a healer and there is a savior. And, um, you know, for me, I had, I'd gone through this, you know, super long battle and I was just crying out for the Lord's healing. And one night I was worshiping and, Um, I literally felt something like physically shift in my brain. Like I knew in that moment that I had been healed, that my mind was healed, that I was set free. And from that day on, it has literally never been the same. Like when I tell you something broke off of me and it was like darkness lifted, um, you know, he set me free. And so that's the thing that drives me in my life is that there's there's nothing that he cannot touch there's nothing he cannot heal there's no brokenness that's too great for him there's no such thing as too far gone because he really he really wants to encounter us all individually and and meet us where we are and bring healing that's that's phenomenal and a lot of times i ask people questions to try to get this explanation because i want yeah. I want people listening on the podcast that are having issues to hear this explanation. So yeah. how incredible that I didn't even have to ask you a leading question <laughs> to get that. It's and all right there. <laughs> you, you might accidentally be a preacher too, uh, a, a singer preacher. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Well, it's that, funny that you it's funny that you say that because I've actually I I love writing and speaking and I actually had an opportunity recently to share um, at my church, um, kind of on this topic on the topic of just learning how to lament with the Lord and um, grieve and encountering Jesus in that in that. So uh, I I do hope for that for my life. Like there's there's yeah. more than just the the singing and songwriting aspect of it because. He's just, he's really changed me. He has totally changed, you know, from, from going from the girl that was, I mean, constantly just like in my head and um, truly depressed and felt like I couldn't keep going, like to someone that is full of joy and full of peace and just contentment in life. Like only Jesus can do that. And I'm, I'm forever grateful. Wow. And so many people need to hear that and need to not just hear that, but see that in you and feel that. Cause you can mm. feel when you say yeah. that, that you're mm-hmm. not just like, this isn't a script that you've memorized that this is something you have lived. You can feel yeah. that when you say that. And that is so many people need that. And I mean, I think so many people have always, there's always been mental health issues. And, um, but it just seems like that people say 30 and under, especially your age and under just get bombarded with social media and bombarded with all these expectations that I know as an old Gen Xer were not on me. You know, I mean, we, we didn't have all that kind of stuff. I'm not saying that we were all perfect because we're we're a bunch of anarchists, but (laughs) we didn't have, but we did not have all the social media pressure. And I can't imagine as hard as it was even being a teenager, you know, when I was a teenager and you still have this social expectations of being this and being that, and, you know, high school, imagine having that times a million, because now you've got everybody on the internet too, and all their opinions and, and this, the suicide rate in young people is to me is so alarming. You know, like it is, it is alarming. Right. Like there's, you know, to, to not have I mean, I don't, I, I hope that nobody runs out of hope, right. Because there's always hope, but you know, sometimes, you know, somebody's older and maybe has a disease and you think, well, that's unfortunate. And I'm sorry that person ran out of hope, but for somebody to run out of hope at 16 and, and to commit suicide, you're thinking what? Yeah. Your whole life is ahead of you. How, how did you, how were you hopeless at 16? Right. And my heart is broken and I don't know what to say to them. And I, can't. I mean, I yeah. could, but they're not going to listen to me. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just way too, I'm like their parents, but yeah. they will listen to you. Right. Yeah. And so, cause they're going to say to me, well, you don't know what I'm going through. And the truth is I don't, right. you know, yeah. and I think that's part of that. We as adults need to stand up and just yeah. be honest. And instead of saying, I do too know what you're going through. You right. actually don't. We, right. I can visually see it from the outside. Yeah. I can see what you guys are going through. Yeah. I do not know what that feels like. Right. Well, and the reality is that none of us really can fully say that we know what anyone else is going through because we're not in their shoes. You know, we don't have their context and their experience. And, um, you know, that that goes even apart from like what you're talking about, the generational divide that there is like it's even for anyone. I think that that's why, you know, it is so impactful when we encounter the Lord in those spaces, because he's the only one who really does know and understand like he can actually feel that and bear that pain with us you know which he proved to us on the cross that like he was going to experience everything that we had to experience and so 
um, you know, it's not walking it alone. But yeah, I mean, the the hopelessness in today's world is is very real. I mean, it's so it's, pervasive. It's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's tangible. I can you can feel yeah. the the hopelessness when you and I it breaks my heart. But we need people like you. But let's talk about. <laughs> let's move on. We can. I can. Yeah. And I, I'm only. We can keep going. going. Yeah. I could honestly be on this conversation for an hour. Or so because this is a big topic that that yeah. is needed. And you have a lot of great things to say. So yeah, you, you recently had opportunity to open for Petra. Tell me how yes. did that come about and what was that like? Yes. Oh my gosh. Um. So it's been one of the best experiences in my musical journey so far like it truly has it's been so great um so I'll start with how it came about um I know that you also interviewed uh not ashamed you had them on your podcast and that's actually how we got connected um but I so the the Petra thing came about actually through like mutual connections that we have so I actually know two of the band members in Not Ashamed. One of them, I believe, was on uh, Rod Hutchinson, the um, the bass yes. player. Yeah. Um, super nice then, guy. Yeah. Super, super nice guy. Yeah. Yes. He's great. And then I also know um, Bob Bowers. Okay. He plays the horns. And then um, I also, the, the biggest connection as well is that my dad is also in the music business and he runs front of house for Petra. He runs a live show right now. Yeah. And so, so through all of these, like, and then I also have some other friends that are uh, good friends with John and some of the guys in the band. So it's, it was just like the, that opportunity was also a God thing because um, I had these connections to them on their tour. And um, through that is how I got the opportunity to start opening for them. Um, on just their like the um, the southeast kind of leg. So um, actually, the dates that I've done so far are only um, Paducah, Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky, and Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, so it's been. I mean, when I tell you, like, it's just been such a joyful and fun time. I've gotten to ride in the bus with Petra a few times, and they just have such a great dynamic. They're so genuine and humble and down to earth and funny. Um, And so it's been, that's just been a great experience to just talk and laugh with them uh, and just, just have a good time, just have fun. And then also I'd say, you know, in addition to the actual performing itself, um, one of my favorite parts of the whole experience has just been getting to meet people, like to, to have conversations with people because there are so many like diehard Petra fans <laughs> yeah. and so to, hear their, to hear their stories of, you know, I came from, I think in, in Knoxville, we had people from Colorado and people from like everywhere. Yes. And I'm like, wow, like, you know, they're, they're so the stories that people have to share has been so, um, fun for me to see. And then yeah. the conversations that I've gotten to have with people, they're so just open with their testimonies. Like they want to come up to my merch table and just say like, I've experienced this or your song made me remember this. And, you know, just such yeah. amazing, like divine things happening that was, it kind of blew my mind because I wasn't sure what to expect with this. I mean, right. I am not a rock singer. And so I obviously know that Petra is a rock band and Not Ashamed is a rock band. And so it's been really sweet to just open the night with more worship. I would would describe my genre 
that yes. I've been doing like pop worship. And so yeah. um, it's been really sweet to see the people that have connected with that and be able to start the night that way. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a huge blessing to me. Not ashamed and Petra are both amazing. They're full of amazing, godly, um, people. And, um, I just feel honored to have the opportunity to be brought along and, uh, it's been super fun. Uh, and I did think it was interesting because they did have not ashamed, which open, which is a rock band. And then, um, Ignescent open, which is a rock band. And then they're having revival open, um, in Canada, which is a rock band. Yeah. And then, and then you, and then me, (laughs) here I am. (laughs) But I mean, I thought the same thing. I thought, well, that's really incredible because it, it would bring a whole different atmosphere kind of that, that people would enjoy. Cause Petra, even though they're a rock band, Petra's had some incredible worship songs back in the day. I have worshiped to some Petra songs and felt the spirit on some, on some Petra songs that are just phenomenal. So, and I mean, I kind of, you know, I grew up listening to them, you know, Um, huge impact in my life. And I watched them make a huge impact in other people's life and saw them at Christian festivals as a teenager. But now you're too young to grow up with them. But did, did you remember hearing them? Did your parents ever listen to them? So, yes, I know that they, like my dad did. Um, and actually I remember hearing their name. I, yeah. I think probably in high school mm-hmm. is when I first remember hearing their name. Cause you know, being in Nashville, you hear, yeah. Oh, so-and-so used to play with Petra and like, you know, right. you, you know yeah. Right. So yeah. I was like, oh, okay. And so I don't think that I had ever actually heard any of their music, um, back then, like prior right. to, you know, once I knew that I was going to be having this experience, I was like, wow, I got to like learn my Petra music, you know? <laughs> right. Um, and so it's just, they are so great though about, you know, they're, they're spirit led in the yeah. things that they do. And so like what you were saying, they have worship songs and their lyrics are very worshipful. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, like, it's just felt so, um, you know, unified and, and beautiful. I mean, they're so, for them to give an opportunity to someone like me and just invite me alongside, um, it has been really just a blessing to me and an encouragement. And they're definitely spirit led about the way that they run their shows. You know, there's, there's mm-hmm. prayer before sound check. And there's just a heart for people to be blessed and touched. And so I've really felt a lot of um, just like-mindedness with them and similar goal, similar mission. And so I think that that's, that's why it works so well um, because they, I can tell that they're about everything that I'm about and vice versa. Right. Right. And I bet they would say the same about you. I bet they would say you were blessed to them too. They would. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you played, are you going to, so you said that you had played a song, uh, mm-hmm. when you opened for Petra that hasn't been recorded yet. Is that, that right? Is Am I remembering that correctly? Okay. You are remembering that correctly. Actually two of the ones that I play during my set have not been released yet. So, okay. you know, it's, it's exciting and it's also mildly frustrating. I think for some people, <laughs> I met someone who came up to the table right. and they were like, what? They're not out yet. I was like, I'm right. sorry working on it um it is frustrating I have yeah right and I have seen people live and think wow what an incredible song and then go home and try to find it and can't you're like oh I want to hear that again right play it in your mind 
Yeah, so. exactly. So one of the, there's a Psalm song. It's based off Psalm 13 that I've been doing for the shows. And that song is available. So you can find that one. So if you search okay. Psalm 13 in my name, you will find That'll that song. Um, and okay. I've been selling physical copies of that as well. Okay. Um, and then the one that is actually in the process of being recorded right now is called Tug of War. And oh, that was the okay. one I was referencing. Yeah. Okay. So are you, will you maybe play that for us? So I would love people, to play it for you. And then people that. can have it. So people can look it up now. Yes. yes. Take a, we'll take a up. snippet of it and stick it on TikTok for you. There you go. Perfect. There you go. <laughs> I, so funny story about TikTok. I just recently got TikTok because I tried to avoid it for a while. It's like, oh, like I don't need another social media in my life. Yeah. Me too. It's kind of overwhelming, right? Like, there's oh, so, it's so overwhelming social medias you know yes. and so I was like do I need one more thing to keep up with no Richard, but also TikTok is the thing so it's the thing and that's what Richard said you're gonna have to get TikTok that's the best advertising tool you're gonna have you need TikTok and I was like mm -hmm. I don't know Richard and he was like I'm telling you and then it was like two guests <laughs> later they were like do you have a TikTok and I was like no and they said you need to get a TikTok and I said okay God that was my confirmation vote you know and yeah. so I went and got one in there right the TikTok views are way bigger than the other social media views. So they were yes. right in telling me that. But it was, you know, it's frustrating. And I was like you, I tried to avoid it as long as I could. But, yeah, you know, we do what we got to do to get the message out there. So, yeah, absolutely. That's so true. And it's it is true that the the TikTok algorithm is a lot more friendly for, you know, building an audience than than some of the mm -hmm. other social media. So, OK, well, I'm going to hide myself view so i'm just going to give you center stage so it'll just be you um and you can tell us a story about the song and then sing it for us okay perfect yeah so this song is called tug of war and um the what i wrote this song about is as believers you know we the bible says that we have this war between the flesh and the spirit and so I think, you know, a lot of times, like, we don't talk enough about how, like, that war continues even after we're saved. Like, there's still temptation, there's still battles, there's still things that we face. Um, and the Bible does say that we have the victory. And so that's the beautiful end of the story. But I th sometimes, you know, as believers, it can be frustrating to encounter um, just even our own failure, our own weakness, our own struggle, um, because we are in a spiritual battle. And so, this song was one of those songs that kind of just fell out in like 20 minutes. Like it, you know, some, some songs, they take a long time to finish, but some, this was just kind of like the cry of my heart in that moment, which is why I love sharing this song with people because um, for me, it is very honest, like um, just t having to acknowledge in myself, even that, you know, I don't like my weakness. I don't like, you know, it's beautiful that we get the gift of mercy, but sometimes I had to be honest with the Lord. I'm like, Lord, like, I wish I just didn't even need it. Like, I wish I could just be perfect on my own, you know, and that's just not the reality. And so I think it's, it's a goal of mine to just write really honest music for believers about that, that, um, you know, sanctification is not an immediate thing. And we all rely on the power of God to be made perfect in our weakness so that's what this song's about <clears throat> here we go hopefully the guitar is in tune can you hear it okay
tug of war in my soul as long as I have known. Death grip on the rope of anything that felt like love What do you know I'm letting go I don't need it anymore I left my chains in an empty grave Cause I don't live there, I came home What do you know I'm letting go I'm speechless. I'm actually speechless. Oh, oh my gosh, I, thank you. When I get to heaven, I want to be able to sing just like you. Oh my just gosh. Just like that. Oh I'm just oh thank my gosh. She so started and I just it was immediately like <laughs> Wow. What an incredible gift. Oh my gosh. And you wrote that? Did you, by all by yourself you wrote that? I did. I did. What? Okay, I don't want to be Thank jealous. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm so, a little, so I'm a little jealous. Uh, <laughs> a hey, little. no competition in the kingdom. No competition, but I'm okay. I'm still a little jealous. Okay, uh, just a little. No, I'm not. I'm so, I'm so <laughs> thrilled for you. What an amazing gift! Wow. wow, and the fact that you're using that for God. I mean, in that song, I could see why somebody would be upset that that they couldn't get to that because oh. I'm gonna want that. I'm going to want that on my Spotify repeat too. Uh, thank so you so when, much. I really when appreciate will that. Yeah. I'm not just saying that you'll, uh, I'm, I will one day just be in my kitchen, have that on repeat, crying, listen to it. And I'll just text you and say, Hey, I've listened uh, to this song 47 times today. What, what, when will that be available? Okay. So this is the disappointing part. I don't have a date for you yet. 
I don't have a date because um, I actually have like a backlog of music that I'm going to be releasing um, through the, the coming months. And this one is in the process of being recorded right now. So I haven't done the vocals on it yet. It still needs to go through the production and the mixing and mastering. So I don't... The old stuff that the rest of us don't understand. Right, right. The yeah, right. It has to go through the. It has to bake, you know. Right. Um, however, okay. We are absolutely planning on releasing it, um, and definitely want that available, especially because it's one of the ones that I'm doing live, um, right. very regularly. So, it will be available, and you can follow my social media for um, updates on when that will be all of my socials and my website and everything is Kimber official music. So you can find everything you need to find if you search your social media platform and it's Kimber official music. And we'll stick all those links in the podcast description so people can just click on it. But you said you had six siblings. Are you the only singer? Um, no. So my, uh, older brother actually has been playing with me, uh, to open for the Petra shows. Um, and so he is an amazing musician. Like he's one of those people that can just pick up an instrument and play it. Um, but he also sings and he also writes music. Um, and so that's been super fun to get to work on music with him. And then of course my dad, um, being in the business and then my youngest, the youngest, um, siblings, they're actually twins and they're 16 Mm -hmm. and they both have beautiful voices, but they're not sure if they want to, you know, do anything career wise with that yet I mean they're only 16 so they have time to decide but they are they're beautiful singers so this just kind of runs in your family yes yeah it's it was passed down the 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 genes and my mom actually used to play piano as well and so yeah we we uh we love to to play and do you have musical grandparents too does it go back even that far um not as much no Okay. No. Yeah. My, my grandma on my dad's side can play piano a little bit. Um, but yeah, not as much, but they really enjoy music. So have you always played, how long have you been playing guitar and do you play anything else? Okay. So actually it's funny because guitar is not my main instrument at all. I use guitar mostly for writing. Um, because you know, as a writer, when you get tired of working on one instrument, then you can inspire yourself by going to something else. I actually right. also have my, I'll, I'll show this for fun. I have my ukulele here as well, which oh. sometimes if I get, get tired of guitar or piano, I'll write on ukulele. Um, yes. So I, um, I have my piano as well over across the room. I won't, I won't bother showing that, but is that um, your favorite? I mean, is that your, is that uh, where you're most comfortable? Yeah. The one that I started off with when I was nine, uh, was piano. And so I'm not like classically proficient. Like if you sat sheet music in front of me, I would be like, what is this? But I know the Nashville number system and I love to play by ear and I love to play for writing and can accompany myself for leading worship and things like that. So I love playing piano. It's definitely more natural for me. Um, and I love to use it for writing as well, but guitar is, guitar is like my, like my instrument that I just like, well, I'll just kind of try (laughs) to keep up with everyone else. Well, it's, um, the guitar is definitely more portable. So, oh, definitely. so like if you go to some songwriter circles, it's, it's a lot more challenging to pack up uh, an entire keyboard. Even if you have a keyboard, that's still a challenge to pack up and 
hoss around a guitar is just portable exactly. that's why every you said that everybody in nashville owns a guitar not because yeah. that's their favorite just because that's kind of the easiest and everybody yeah. can play together right yeah exactly um, so, and piano yeah. is i love piano too and i took lessons and if you set sheet music in front of me i could here's the deal reading music unless you do it non-stop all the time mm-hmm. it's not like riding a bicycle it is to an extent i can go oh you know, if it's simple, but once you get right. really complex, I'm like, and then, I mean, I have to stop and think and actually have to read the music like, yeah. well, because I've gotten lazy as I've gotten older and I just play by ear and chord stuff out because it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And exactly. so said, to keep yeah. up with sheet music, you, you're like reading sheet music. You have to really exercise the muscle. Yeah. You have to exercise that to be fast. It's not that you can't now I could, if you just handed it to me, I could read it to you and tell you what all the notes were, but to practice it like in real time uh, and let, I mean, I could do it still. And I could, if I, that was something I want to put time into, but it's a, it's an instrument. That's a thing you have to, but like anything, it's just practice, 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 but I don't, I, guitar I thump around people say you play the guitar I said I wouldn't call it playing but. yeah <laughs> well see the thing is that I always tell people if they want to like know which instruments to, to start with I'm like well if you want one that's not gonna hurt your hands definitely do piano yeah <laughs> because guitar hurts like that's what a lot your, of people don't realize is when your first start, it's, it's painful like until mm-hmm. your fingers get used to making the chord shapes like I'm like ah yeah. I would rather have something that doesn't create that pain. Is- <laughs> right. But that's the fun thing right. about the ukulele, though, is that it's the strings are nylon, and so it's much less painful to play the ukulele. Yes. Plus, you're only having to deal with four strings instead of six, so it's just a little bit easier all around. Yeah, I, I like the ukulele, too. It's just a fun little thing. I'm not very good on it, but it's a fun little thing. Yeah. And uh, so, and I, it's picked up a lot of popularity, kind of more so in the last probably 10 years and I'm really glad to see that because it's a fun little thing yeah it is it's super fun so you're telling me about all these instruments so do you sing as well Uh, I'm gonna after I heard you sing I'm gonna go with a no okay no okay maybe 30 minutes ago maybe I thought I could sing now no no, (laughs) I mean I try I it makes me happy right I worship the Lord so you know which is what singing is ultimately for and in my kitchen. So no, I do. I've always sang and played instruments and, and I love music. Love it. Love to mm-hmm. and led worship in a couple churches. So yeah, that's kind of, I'm, I'm, the, I love it. Yeah. It's in music is one of those things. It was born in me. I was yeah. singing at two, uh, right. <laughs> you know, and so yeah. So when it's born in you, it, you cannot get away from that. That's just what you do. Even if you're doing other things at the same time, yeah. you just always do like, there will always be singing in whatever house I'm in and there will yeah. always be music. And that's just who, totally. if it's who you are, that's just who you are. It's uh, what is it? My, my friend Marion used to say, it's the tribe of Judah. So if you were born of the tribe of Judah, then you're just a worshiper. That's just who you are. Mm-hmm. You can't, right? yes. That's just our tribe. So yeah, let's no, talk so- about, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's so true that when you're born, when you're born with it, you just can't escape it. Like, that's what I would tell people. It's like, my family couldn't shut me up, you know, like right. were- mine too. I sang yeah. commercials and my mother talks about that. She said, when, as soon as you were old enough to talk, you would sing the commercials and could keep the tune, like seeing the, you know, you just, if it's born in you, that's just who you are. It's there. <laughs> right. No escaping. And, uh, 
no. And I, and it means, I mean, it, music is just powerful. It's just, yeah. it's a super powerful, uh, you know, tool that can change a person. It can change an atmosphere. It can change yeah. a life. I mean, it changes people's lives. It's that powerful. Yeah. Um, and so words are powerful anyway, but something about a word being saying instead of spoken and then paired with music, the combination of that is, yeah. is so powerful that it's incredible. I think it's the most incredibly powerful thing in, to, in the world, actually. Yeah. And speaking of words being, and this doesn't have anything to do with music, but I once heard a preacher, I think it was Tommy Bates. who's a preacher up in Northern Kentucky. Uh -huh. Um, and he said, there is a type of prayer that people used to sing mm -hmm. in a melodic fashion and mm -hmm. he would sing it instead of speak it. And I forgot what he called it. It'll come back to me later. And so he kind of gave an example, um, of it in this service. And I, and I yeah. was there, you know, later I was in my car and I thought, let me, I'm going to try this a few days. And I started just doing what he had done in this melodic fashion. And I want you to know there was a power on that prayer. Mm, that is not yeah. one and normal. So there's something about that, but you know, this, all the Psalms aren't, we read them, but they are yeah. meant to be saying, so, yeah. So they were all in a melodic fashion. There's something about singing those words and putting yeah. that with melody. The power totally. just comes in. It's, it's incredible actually. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. I mean, that's one of my favorite things about music is that it's a way to connect with other humans <laughs> in yeah. a way that nothing else can, can be the avenue for that in the same way. You know, it's the way, it's a way to express life, express experiences, express um, feelings and emotions that really nothing else is able to do in the same way. And it can be so powerful, you know, because when people hear something that they relate to, you know, for me, when I hear a song that I relate to, I'm like, wow, like this person knows me, you know? Right. You're it, like, this song was wrote for me. Get out of my head. Right. right. It creates community. Like even how we yes. talked at the beginning, like when, like when you encounter a, a song that is powerfully written and you relate to you know, it, it creates this sense of togetherness and just harmony um, with the hearers, you know, and so it's, that's a beautiful aspect of music. It is. And there might be a time where you think nobody really understands what I'm going, and I've been there and maybe you yeah. have too, where you're thinking nobody really understands kind of things that you don't even talk about things that you're keeping yeah. way down deep inside. And you think people really wouldn't understand that, or nobody's really kind of been through exactly what, and the next thing you know, you hear a song on the radio and you're like, and that you're right. It does create this sense of community where you realize you are not alone, yeah. that other people have experienced what you are experiencing yeah. and, and other people do understand. And it does create this. And then it makes you feel, you know, some type of it's quickly as it can bring you up, it can bring you down. And that's why yeah, there's totally. such a need for Christian music or uplifting music and positive music for yeah. generation, because I know I've been in great moods and I've learned in my life to stay away from that because I, you know, I can be in a great mood and then hear a song. And the next thing I know, I'm not in a great mood anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like it, or I'm it's sad powerful. or I'm depressed. Yeah. Like yeah. it really affects now it may not affect other people like that, but as a music kind of lives in me, it really does affect me that way. Totally. Um, yeah, no, I experienced that as well. And I think, yeah. you know, in addition, it's like, it just depends. It's, it's having to know, like, <clears throat> 
what headspace you're in kind of, you know, because for me, like I also, I think it can be also powerful to write songs about, you know, the, the hard experiences and the sad times. And then even if it, the song sounds sad, even that can be therapeutic for someone that is in that, Mm -hmm. in that place as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, when I first, so I've been listening to your music and, uh, you know, on I went to your YouTube channel uh-huh. and subscribed, which I always do as Ashes. You're welcome. But I, I do it. I want to do that. But I also want people to know uh, when this gets bigger, every single artist that we've had on, if you go to the Ashes 613 YouTube page, I have subscribed to all of them. So you can find uh-huh. them there. So awesome. I kind of do that for a purpose too. But, um, and I will like all of your social media under Ashes. But there was, um, I was listening to a song and I, think one of them is you have one called mountains. Yes. So I sent this song, my friend Glennis lives in New Zealand. Okay. She's an incredible woman. She's a nurse and she was a a nurse. Uh, She worked in Israel for some years and Uh she just has this incredible testimony and it's just a wonderful sister in Christ. And you know how you have those friends that, you know, you can tell stuff. I don't normally tell people who is going to come on the podcast. I don't talk about it, but she had sent me a Facebook message and said, Hey, I'm really enjoying your podcast and a couple of things. And I just sent her that song mountains. And I said, um, Hey, this is who's going to be on who I'm getting ready to record next. And she said, this is absolutely beautiful. Um, save to listen again. Is this her song? Wow. Psalm 103 also so good. And so thank you. Yes. And so, um, I have never done this, but would you say hi to Glennis in New Zealand? Yes. Hi Glennis. Thank you so much. I appreciate that so, so deeply. And, um, I just appreciate you sharing your thoughts. Yeah. And so how about now you're in New Zealand? I have your YouTube pulled up. Let's Uh watch one of your videos. Which one would you like for us to watch you know what so I'm I was thinking about this before I would love if you wanted to play um wonder of your name did you write this you write this too? I did write this song the reason why I wanted to do this one is actually because um this was written during one of the times for me that was I was going through a lot of like mental health battle and so this song we actually do for my church and um we also do it for a youth camp that I'm involved with so um, it just, it actually speaks directly about like anxiety and loneliness and things that we walk through. So, um, that's why I wanted to share this one. Darkness breaks today 
you are a phenomenal singer. Mm. That just popped up in my ear. I, I don't know why I just restarted. You, that is a phenomenal gift that you have singing and songwriting. Like I'm not just saying that I, wow, that is, a, that you're incredible. That's incredible. Um, and so I'm is so that, encouraged. You, yeah, you don't, uh, you don't need my encouragement. You are <laughs> phenomenal. You're phenomenal. Hey, we you're all, better than, we all need encouragement. You are better than anything I've heard on the radio all year. Wow. Uh, and thank you. Wow. And there's been multiple people on the show that I really feel that way. Like that's better than what I hear on the radio. Yeah. And so that's why I think this, I guess is such a necessary, it's really a, a necessary podcast. People need to hear and need to get out. Not that you don't need my help at all by any means, but oh, any little, any little thing that I can do, you know, just absolutely to, I do. Right. I, yeah. So whatever I can do, but that, so, you know, the struggle with back to that song and that video being incredible that the struggle with depression and anxiety, you know, that's, that's a, a real struggle for people every day, you know, yeah. just to show up. And, um, I have a friend and he has a semicolon tattooed on his wrist mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know what that symbolizes. And a lot of people don't is I was going to end my story. And instead I decided to just give it a semicolon and, and to see what the second half holds. And I'm so thankful that he did because he's just in a Amen. wonderful person. I love him so much, but Amen. you know, for people to, to deal with that, um, every day that those anxiety attacks, you know, that wasn't something I heard when I was little panic attacks and anxiety attacks, but people are yeah. really, and you think it's, there's just so much more stress on people now or, or what? Yeah, I think, you know, it can come from a lot of different things, you know, and I think that it all boils back down to the verse that says, like, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so whatever way, generationally, you know, he can attack, um, I feel like that's just been a really heavy one in this day and age. And yeah, I think it it can stem from a lot of things. And one of those is just all of the, like, um comparison feelings that we were talking about earlier yeah. um and how we we do kind of have the world at our fingertips with our cell phones and yeah. um how that is just a lot of being inundated with like everyone else has a purpose except for me you know because we all yeah. we all struggle enough with like understanding our purpose understanding our design you know what am what am i here on this earth to do especially as teenagers and young adults that's that's our whole question is like right what is my life going to be and so when we see everyone that looks like okay their life is so successful and they have all of these followers and they're doing amazing and it can really just feel like well what is one little tiny person like me gonna do to even matter and right. I think it's that question that, you know, Gen Z specifically is really looking for, do I matter? And like, does what I do matter? And is it going to even have an impact long term when there's so many other people that are probably doing it better than me? And so that that can create this kind of hopeless spiral of like, well, my life doesn't really matter that much anyway. And when right. you get when you get there, that's when it kind of just goes downhill because um, you know, you're believing that lie that your identity is based on what you can do and not who God says that you are. That's right. Amen. And who you are and who God created you to be. 
Um, this is so silly, but when I was a little girl, I had a t-shirt my grandmother bought for me. It said, I know I'm somebody cause God don't make no junk. Yes. And I love that t-shirt when I was a kid, I wish I still had it, but I, that statement as simple as it is, has stuck with me through the years. Yeah. So just knowing that you are somebody that you were purposely and masterfully created. Yes. Um, and, and you were perfectly formed and perfectly made and everything about you has a purpose. God has a plan and a purpose for you. You may not be able to sing like Kimber. That's fine. You have something else that you can do that Absolutely. God has a purpose for. You have something that you can, you can reach. And that's what I tell people. There are people that you can reach that I can't reach that Kimber can't reach, but only you can reach. Yeah. There are people in your life that need you. You bring a beauty and a meaning to the world around yeah. you. Um, but yeah, it's just, I think there's a lot of pressure, you know, Absolutely. in the world um, and, right. and just pressure to be. Uh, something instead of just being, um, being kind, right. you know, I would always tell, you know, my son, when he was little, I would say, I don't care what you grow up to be as long as you grow up to be happy. Um, yeah. I don't care if you work the drive through at McDonald's, if you're happy working the drive through at McDonald's, I'll brag on you to everybody yeah. I know because right. you're happy. I want you to grow up to be happy. We don't. So we set these expectations for our kids that you want mm -hmm. them to be this and you want them to go to college and you want them right. to get jobs and make six figures and you want them to do this and yeah. that. That's a lot of pressure instead of just saying what I want you to be is I want you to be kind. I want you to be moral. I want you to be merciful. I want you to be happy, you know, yeah. and these are the expectations I think that we should be setting for children. How about, you know, I want you to grow up to be kind. Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. That's, that's totally. all I needed. Right. Need that. Yeah. That's yeah. it. I mean, it's so true that I think because a lot of times we feel like the only way that our life can matter is if we have a platform. Right. So it's easy to look at even no matter how big that platform is, like even people could look at you with your podcast and me with my music and Petra with theirs and be like, and be like, Oh, like they have such a platform, you know, yeah. they have somewhere for their, thoughts to go their ideas you know like someone's going to listen right. to them and the reality is that you know that is just so empty compared to like true connection true. with individuals That's and so right. the whole thing that actually drives me in music is like the people in the room you know like the 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 individuals that I get to meet the individuals like that is the that. life you know like that is the the, the core of the reason why we're here on this earth is just to love people on our path, you know? That's and so right. if, we're, if we're doing that, then it doesn't matter how many people are on our path. It's just that we're getting to, that's right. um, you know, enjoy the people that are there and, and, and love them the, well. The person right in front of you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Being and that's the person that so much with even the, you know, the purpose and the meaning behind doing music, because, you know, it's really easy to feel like, well, it is never enough. Like there's never enough, you know, releases or there's never enough followers or there's never enough shows or, you know, it, you know, it can, it can be, it can feel like that. And so mm -hmm. the Lord really has taught me um, just contentment yeah. with like, if I talk to one person tonight, that's worth it. You know, that's if I, okay. I sing for one person or honestly, even if I just write a song and the Lord hears it, like, that's is right. that, worth it? you know, and it is, it really is. You know, we have to break out of this mentality that we have to produce some huge, big 
influential thing in order for our life to be full of meaning because right. you know the scriptural view is so different than the worldly worldly view it is it absolutely is well i'm gonna let you go and i appreciate you so so much how oh, this has been wonderful for me and oh, i really really it's been have wonderful enjoyed for it. me too thank you so much for having me <laughs> You're Truly, welcome. Just yeah. my, my favorite interview experience yet. <laughs> yes. So much to me. Thank you so much. All right. Well, thank you so, so much. You have been amazing. And we will keep up with you and uh, may have you back on here in a couple of years and Absolutely. see kind of where thank life you. has landed you. Okay. All right. Thank if you, you need anything, you just holler. Okay. If I can do anything for you. Thank you. Have a great night. Okay. You too. Bye.